Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to take a bite out of the competition? Are you looking for ideas to make your business better? Welcome to the Core Business Show with Tim G.K. Sponsored by Apple Capital Group. At the core of every successful business, you'll find people making a difference. And with each episode of The Core Business Show, we talk with those people, examine those ideas, and explore the strategies that make them special. Now, the host of The Core Business Show, Tim Jacquet. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Core Business Show. I'm Tim Jacquet, your host. Today, we're going to have Craig Smith. He is the chairman of the uh, Swiss America, and he's going to talk about his book as well. It's the Inflation Deception. Uh, our topic today is gold at ten thousand. Speculative, getting harder to label. So we'll be back in a moment. We're going to take a commercial break and uh, play a track from one of our uh, superstar groups. And we'll be back in a moment, and we'll have Craig online. So we're going to take a commercial break, and I'm going to play Joe Sample, uh, Soul Shadows, and uh, we go from there. Again, you're listening to The Core Business Show. I'm Tim Jacquet, your host. You're listening to The Core Business Show, sponsored by Apple Capital Group. Apple Capital Group in Jacksonville, Florida, is a commercial lender that specializes in asset-based loans, equipment leasing and financing, invoice financing, commercial real estate loans, and asset-based financing in the U.S. and Canada. Apple Capital Group is a direct lender that lends on their private equity investment portfolio. 90% of most loans are decided within two hours, and vendor funding within 24 hours after documents are completed with a one-page application. No slow no's, just a quick decision and a fast yes. To get more information about lending from Apple Capital Group, call 866-611-7457. That's 866-611-7457 to speak with one of our loan specialists. Or visit us right now at applecapitalgroup.com. Welcome back to The Core. Once again, here's Tim Jacquet. Hi, uh, welcome again to the Core Business Show. We're going to take a, another station break, and we'll be back in a moment with our special guest. Hey, everybody, thank you for listening to the Core Business Show. I'm going to play a song from Joe Sample. Thank you. 
This was uh, Joe Sample with Soul Shadows, a uh, good friend of mine. Now we're going to go straight into our topic. Uh, our special guest is Lowell Ponty. Uh, we're going to, he's also a co-author with Greg Smith of The Inflation Deception. Lowell, welcome to the show. Hey, a pleasure to be with you, Tim. Great. Uh, our topic today, was, we were talking about gold and... Um, and then we can probably just you know, segue into the the book itself. Uh, kind of tell us about yourself and how you got started, and we can go from there. Oh, wow. How I got started in economics? I met Craig Smith and began to study it. I was a think tank futurist. Uh, mm-hmm. Before uh, thereafter, I was a roving editor at Reader's Digest for 15 years, did reporting from 33 countries around the world. And wow. I met this phenomenal financial wizard, uh, creator of, of one of the biggest uh, companies of its type in the country, Craig Smith. And he had already planned to retire. In fact, he was already living on the golf course. And then looked around <laughs> and said, the country is going to hell in a handbasket for my children and grandchildren. We need to do something. So we've begun doing this series of books based largely on his wisdom and knowledge. Uh, explaining to people and empowering people vis-a-vis what they're doing to our money. The inflation deception, for example, recognizes that America has literally become what we call an inflatocracy, a government of, by, and for inflation. A lot of people think inflation is an accident. No, inflation is the policy. Inflation is deliberately being created, uh, and that has all kinds of shocking implications for our economy and for our culture because it changes the whole value system in the country. Remember when Ben Franklin said a penny saved is a penny earned? Well, in an mm-hmm. inflatocracy, a penny saved is just a penny lost to inflation. That people who work hard and save are suckers. They're the ones who lose when the money is constantly evaporating, when the money is always losing value. And that inevitably happens under the kind of government we're operating today. Why? Well, because there are some things Congress can't do, Tim. For one, it can't repeal the law of gravity, which is a natural law. I wish they could. I wouldn't have to diet as much. But they can't. And likewise, they can't repeal the natural law of supply and demand. When the government prints trillions of dollars out of thin air, and in the last three, four years, it's printed about $5.5 trillion worth of money with nothing behind it, with nothing backing it just paper out there competing with the money that your listeners worked so hard to earn and save. Well, that has the effect of destroying the value of their money. Why? Because when you go into the market, money is really just another commodity like tomatoes. And if there's a lot more money but the same number of tomatoes, that means the value of the money relative to tomatoes by supply and demand shrinks. If you print twice as many dollars, suddenly tomatoes will cost twice as many dollars. And that's what's been happening to our economy. We've been having a continuous run of inflation for the last, oh, 40-plus years at a rate above 5%. And what 5% you You've heard of compound interest. How you Absolutely. All this money by interest compounding at the bank. We're facing compound inflation. We're facing a world in which every year the money you've worked for and saved is worth 5% less. And that happens year after year after year. So at the end of a 40-year term of working in your life, the government has in effect taken, stolen from you about 90% of all your purchasing power. 
In fact, the dollar today that you spent has only about two pennies of purchasing power compared to the dollar of the year 1900. And the reason for that is that government, the progressives, both Republican and Democrat, starting with Teddy Roosevelt, who wanted to be able to fund a warfare state with unlimited money, and liberals like Woodrow Wilson and Franklin Roosevelt, who wanted to be able to fund a welfare state with unlimited money, they wanted to do away with any constraint, such as a gold standard, that kept them from being able to print all the money they wanted. And so gradually they phased out both gold and silver. I'm, I'm an old guy, Tim. I can remember when you'd look in your pocket, your wallet, and you would have silver certificates. You would have actual dollars that could be ter- converted to silver at a fixed value by the government. Well, they mm-hmm. did away with all those fixed values. Nixon finally ended them in 1971, and what you could buy for a dollar in 1971 today, as a result, cost about five dollars and sixty-five cents. I mean, that's how much the dollar has deteriorated, and that's now accelerating. It's accelerating for a whole host of reasons. One of which is that we now live by a government that runs on credit card debt. In effect, our government brings in so little revenue compared to what it spends that of every dollar your government now spends. 42 cents of that is borrowed. To run the government, we are now borrowing money at a rate of $58,000 a second. So count with me, if you would, Tim, in in keeping with the wonderful jazz you play. Dot, (laughs) dot, dot. In those three seconds, your your spendaholic politicians just added $174,000 to the bar tab that our children and grandchildren will someday have to pay. Mm-hmm. And that goes every two hours. They literally borrow as much money in inflation-adjusted dollars as the U.S. once paid to buy the entire Louisiana Purchase plus the state of Alaska. And for those who might have forgotten what was the Louisiana Purchase, we bought enough land that it today includes the states of, take a deep breath, Louisiana, Arkansas, Missouri, Iowa, Oklahoma, Kansas, Nebraska, and South Dakota, as well as large portions of what today are Texas, New Mexico, Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, North Dakota, Minnesota, and the southern parts of Alberta and Saskatchewan. Uh, Every two hours, we now borrow as much money as we once paid for two-thirds of all the land west of the Mississippi. And we do that every two hours. How long is that borrowing money at that rate? Not very long, I submit, because sooner or later people will stop lending you money when they realize that you're just printing dollars and you're repaying what what they lend you with cheaper dollars. In other words, they lose money by lending money to you. So tell us why is that? Um, in a nutshell, uh, that's really basic for people to understand how things have gotten out of control. You can't really. Say, I mean, we have we're in uncharted territory and for the for the last four years, uh, pretty much, and we still it doesn't make it any better because whoever uh, gets in the White House, they have some hard choices to make in January. I, I wouldn't want to be that person, regardless of whoever it is. Oh sure, and um, if no choices are made, then automatically the tax cuts that have been in place will vanish, and taxes will go up by about three trillion dollars. And the economy will lose more than 2% growth overnight, but the economy is only growing at 1.9% now. In other words, we will plunge instantly into a recession 
even though I would argue we're already in a recession, because real inflation is now running above 7%. The government doesn't acknowledge it, but every independent analyst does. Uh, I mean, look at how fast food prices go up at the supermarket, for example. And what that means is when you subtract 7% inflation from 2% growth, you realize we're really at negative 5%. We're really in a recession now. And we're watching China slow down, which is our biggest single foreign lender of money. We're watching Europe on the brink of collapse with the euro. And Europe is one of our biggest customers for American goods. Uh, so we are, we, we're also living in a society where 49.2% of households receive a government check. Somebody living there gets a government check. That's basically half the population. 49.5% of the population now pays no income tax at all. So to them, the government is just a big free goody dispensing machine. They're really paying the taxes in higher prices that are passed on to them by the people who are taxed, but they don't know that. So they, they believe that there's no reason to restrict government taxation of the rich. And as we face that kind of inflation, well, you see this is a very complicated thing, which is why, Tim, uh, Craig and I are on this crusade to just arm the people with information so we have some hope of rolling this back and give people ways they can protect themselves. And that's why we would be honored to give 500 people in your audience today absolutely free and postpaid a copy of our book, The Inflation Deception. So you wow. can see how all of these pieces fit together in the puzzle. Now, understand, this: we'll pay the postage, we'll pay for the phone call. It literally will cost not a single penny to anyone in your audience who's concerned about what they're doing potentially to your life savings with this. Um, this is a 264-page book. It's heavily documented. It also shows you how to get Another hundred books by people from economists like von Mises and Hayek and others, absolutely free. We show you all the hidden websites where you can go and just download these books or read them on the site, and you don't have to pay for them. It's, it's an amazing book. And it, I do have to warn people of one thing, though. If you read this book, The Inflation Deception, you will never see economics and politics the same way again. It will change your, your entire world view of how this game is being played cynically on us by the politicians of both parties. But uh, the toll-free number, if I could give that. Sure, absolutely. Free book. The phone call is free to 800-630-1494. That's 800-630-1494. It's a little bit like Columbus, 1492, but not quite. 800-630-1494. 1494, just leave your name and number. We'll get back to you. We'll get your address or find out if you'd rather have an electronic copy, and we'll send the book out to you absolutely free. And you will discover, uh, among other things, how at Harvard, doing brain scans, they found that money and inflation affect the human brain the same way that cocaine affects the brain of a a coke addict. Uh, It literally alters your ability to think rationally. You sit around saying, well, I'm doing okay because I make more dollars than my dad did. Yeah, but each of those dollars buys a lot less. So actually, for the last 40 years, the average working American's income has not gone up at all. No. You're still earning what people were earning 40 years ago in your situation because they keep sucking the value out of the money. 
by 5% or more a year, and they're about to have to do a lot more. You want to know why? Because our real debt, when you add up the long-term debt, the derivatives, all the other gimmicks they're playing, our real debt comes to about $750 trillion. How much debt is that? Uh, Tim, if you took out of your pocket $1 bills and you just started stacking them one on top of the other, the stack of $750 trillion $1 bills would reach from here to the planet Venus, 23.5 million miles away, and back, and you would still have enough dollars left over for 14 stacks of $1 bills between Earth and the moon. That's the real debt. And you only have half the people paying taxes in the first place. And the other half are very hard-pressed to survive. And we now have a, an administration in Washington that is playing a whole series of cynical games, the, the latest of which you may have heard late last week. President Obama waved a magic wand and eliminated Bill Clinton's welfare reform from 1996. The cornerstone of that welfare reform is that people on welfare had to apply for work and try to get a job. Well, President Obama just said, no, they don't. He just wiped that out. Now, you might think that's just a scam to get more people on welfare so more people will vote for him. That is partly true. But the real scam is far bigger. The real scam is that right now, all those people on welfare who have to apply for a job periodically to keep getting their welfare check, because they're applying for work, they get counted as unemployed. What happens if you stop looking for work, however, is after four weeks, your name comes off the unemployment rolls. You're no longer counted. And therefore, what President Obama has done is create a world where in September and October, just before the election, you're going to see hundreds of news stories saying, how wonderful, unemployment is falling. It's come down from 8% to 7%. President Obama's policies are working. America's economy is healed. Let's vote to reelect him. It's all a con. It's all a scam just based on the people on what Not one single job has been created. Not one single person has gone back to work. It's just because the people who are getting their welfare check are no longer required to apply to get a job. That's all well, that, that change will come from. But it's going to fool millions of people into thinking the economy is getting better when it isn't. I don't think it's going to fool anyone. Let's back up for a second. Well, not people as smart as your listeners. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. You know, I think this is uh, election of the century. We thought the last one was, but this one is going to change the tide because it's. We at least in America, uh, in America, knew where we were going. We have no idea where we're going, and it's this feeling of uncertainty that we're in a new charter, uh, new charter, uh, charter territory that we have no feeling how things going to end up. Well, One if, way if, the or the other. if the president is reelected, we will have certainty, and the certainty for everyone who's a major investor is that the U.S. is no longer a sane place to keep your money. You will see a mass exodus of the people who actually create the jobs and companies leaving the country. Because what we already have in the economy now is what in the uh, our book, The Inflation Deception, we call the donkey drag on the economy. And what that means is... In Europe, for a long time, people have looked at elections, and one of the two major parties running is a socialist party that's hostile to business. And so business people say, you know, if I have a choice between buying a new yacht for myself or hiring another hundred people, 
I'm going to buy the yacht because as soon as the socialists are reelected, they're going to confiscate whatever I'm earning from my company anyway. Mm-hmm. And we're now beginning to have that here. We now have a president and a, a uh, one of the two ruling parties that is openly hostile to business, that believes business people who are who are already paying more than seventy percent of the taxes aren't paying their fair share. Well, what then is a fair share? And I mean, we're talking about the top ten percent paying more than seven out of ten, every ten dollars in taxes. How much more do you want them to pay? And the problem is, once you kill free enterprise by sucking the capital out of capitalism, which is see, see, this is the thing. Obama says we're taking the wealth away from the wealthy. No, boys and girls, the wealthy, most of them are the investors and the owners of companies. They're the folks who hire people. They're the folks who provide the new products, like the iPhone, for you. Uh, and when you suck their wealth away, you're not taking wealth. You're taking capital. Capital meaning money that gets invested in hiring people and expanding companies and creating new products. That's what's being taxed away. And so it's a little bit like uh, oh, having a president who says, there's a concert pianist who owns a $10,000 grand piano. We're going to take his grand piano away, and we're going to give it to the poor. We're going to give it to somebody who doesn't even play a piano to people who don't even make jobs for others. So we're going to take away the tool that private enterprise uses to create jobs here, and we're going to give it to people who don't create jobs, just like we're going to give that piano to people who don't even play a piano in the name of equality. It's insane. It's literally insane. And in the end, they don't even wind up redistributing the wealth. They wind up redistributing the poverty because they've eaten up the seed corn out of which future wealth gets grown and future jobs will grow. They just take the corn and they eat it up. Uh, I mean, looked at objectively, it's just nuts. But this is what happens when you create a world where there are now, Tim, twice as many people working for government as work in all of manufacturing combined in America. A world where the average federal employee every year receives $126,000 in wages plus future benefits. That's more than twice the average income of people working in the private sector. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we are literally having government just devour us. In, in the last three years, Barack Obama has increased the size of government relative to the economy from 19.5% to 25.5%. In other words, he in three years has made the government 25% bigger relative to the economy in terms of what it devours. And taxes are not the only thing that are taken. For example, government requires you to pay the cost of all kinds of regulations and mandates. Every time the government hands down a rule that involves changing something, you wind up having to pay for that change in higher prices. Now, sometimes that's good, sometimes it isn't, but in any event, Americans for Tax Reform calculated that last year what they called Cost of Government Day, the day on which you have finally paid for all the taxes and all the regulations, last year was August 12th. That means you worked 224 days last year, 61% of the year, just to pay for government and all that got mandated and pushed on to you by government. 
I mean, literally, we are all working our lives for government. And when you heard President Obama uh, on Friday the 13th, last Friday, declaring that rich people haven't really earned it, rich people are the beneficiaries of things government did for them. I mean, they they drove to their company on a government road. They walked to their company on a government sidewalk, and therefore government should be allowed to confiscate what they have. Uh... This is a rather strange view, said economist Peter Morisi of the University of, Virginia, of uh, Maryland, because mm-hmm. it seems to suggest that we exist to serve the government. Government doesn't exist to serve us. But that's the new view in Washington, that government is everything, that as President Obama says, the private sector is doing fine with real unemployment oh. above 14%. But, uh, so, whoa, a question but the right government there. is hurt because government is losing a job here and there. They are. Yeah, go ahead. Let's take, for uh, for example, we're the day after the election, uh, and let's say Romney wins uh, the election because if the majority votes for him, uh, even though things are close, um, he wins. Where do we go from now? Well, I don't know that Romney will actually make huge policy changes immediately. I mean, he he is basically a Rockefeller Republican by temperament. But the important thing is that the economy runs on confidence. We know mm-hmm. that it would be a disaster that he, that everyone who invests would just flee the country or pull back on their investing and hiring if Mr. Obama wins. If Romney wins, at least people will say a businessman, a grown-up, is back in charge of the government who actually understands economics, and that will cause people to start hiring and investing again, and that will do a lot to redeem the economy. So it won't be Romney and the government who save us. It'll be that restored confidence. That's why I hope people will take time to read our free book, The Inflation Deception, so they can understand how all these different puzzle pieces fit together. And again, could I just give folks the number? Sure. Yeah, to get to get your free copy of the book, just call 800-630-1494. That's 800-630-1494. Just because we can't explain all the intricacy of how this works and how how our our society has been changed by government just running amok printing money. I mean, as I said, okay. five and a half trillion dollars have been generated in money out of thin air with no productivity behind it in the last four years. And that has so, created a frozen tidal wave of inflation that will hit us. Absolutely. It will hit us. So let's say Romney takes over. He, he's he's not gonna, he now have in his lap um, uh, not a, really a legacy, but he has some lot of issues and hard choices. What does that mean to the business community? Because business people can't respect someone who's been in business. And they know that you know he has investment knowledge. He has a business knowledge. However, when he comes to this, he has some hard choices to make. Um, cutting is not as easy as it sounds. I'm going to go ahead oh, no. and cut government jobs because then you know you're talking about mutiny. You can ask people to retire early. Um, and maybe in one sense, you already have 30 years in and 40 years in. Hey, it's time for you to go. But, however, it's not going to be an easy road for him because it had, you have a a mess on your hands of 12 years or even beyond that. And you have all these deficits. You have all these issues. 
and you don't know it's the hardest job ever has to face any uh, incoming president whoever it ends up with they have some hard choices to make what do your what is your projections that uh, one of the first things he's going to do i know he says about obamacare but then it's going to take time to unwind that law but in the meantime what can he do to in your opinion to get the economy moving again and get the confidence. Well, well, the economy will move just because there'll be a restoration of some confidence. I mean, as, mm-hmm. as John Maynard Keynes, the economist from Britain, said, uh, the economy runs on what he called animal spirits, meaning there has to be optimism, there has to be hope, there has to be a belief that the government is your friend and not your enemy, or at least the government is neutral in the marketplace. Right now, we would be replacing a government of crony capitalism, where you get government help and benefits if you're a major donor to the ruling political party. I mean, that's what we saw with Solyndra. Eighty percent of these so-called green companies President Obama's been supporting have someone at or near their helm who's been a major Democratic Party contributor. Uh, That is not the way government and the economy should run. The free market should prevail, not whose political buddy uh, is running the government. And so a lot of that will change overnight, and that will restore confidence, and that will bring back a high degree of hiring and investing. Of course, uh, the point being, if President Obama really cared about the economy and the poor, he could restore the economy overnight. All he has to do is declare that he is not seeking re-election, that he is resigning and calling on people to vote for the other party, and you would see the stock market go up by 5,000 points uh, overnight. Well, you would see okay. hiring go up by 500% overnight. But, of course, he okay, won't do that. No, he's not going to do that. And so <laughs> let's talk about, if you don't mind, cause, uh, what happened to throw our economy into the spiral. Uh, tell us what really happened about four years ago, uh, why things collapsed. Uh, we, we go into that in some depth in the inflation deception. It turns okay. out there was, among other things, of course, the long-term reason, the triggering event, was that starting under Jimmy Carter, there was a thing called the CRA, the Community Redevelopment Act, which required banks to lend to people who were not creditworthy. This was the attempt of the government, and it continued under George W. Bush, for example, and under Bill Clinton, to uh, help the poor to help the needy who otherwise would never qualify for a home loan by putting a gun to the head of banks and saying, you have to demonstrate that X percent of your loans, a percentage that, by the way, under Bill Clinton went up to 55 percent, have to be given to people who otherwise would never qualify for a mortgage. And so a whole lot of worthless mortgages were given away because government had that gun to the head of banks. Banks then said, we don't want to be stuck with this debt So they turned around, rolled it into bundles that they got insurance for, and then they sold those bundles in places like Iceland and Norway. And the bundles they knew were relatively worthless because a lot of those loans would never be repaid. So people got stuck with a lot of bad paper, including the derivatives that we were talking about earlier. In the world's banks right now, in that kind of private obligation paper, there's about $1.28 quadrillion worth of derivatives that banks still carry on their books, claiming they have high value, but they never sell them because they know if they tried to sell them, they'd only be worth pennies on the dollar being claimed. 
So all of that is sitting waiting like a time bomb, like what scientists call dark matter in the universe, uh, to blow up and destroy things here. Now, that was one cause. Another cause, of course, is just that government has been enlarging itself. We have a lot of illusions around us. One is that we had enormous prosperity under Bill Clinton, for example. We did, but only in a very limited sense, in that uh, Ronald Reagan and George W. H. W. Bush had ended the Cold War. And that meant we had a huge peace dividend coming. That peace dividend was supposed to be phased in slowly and given back to the taxpayers, who for 50 years had carried this huge burden of the Cold War fighting the Soviet Union. Bill Clinton grabbed that peace dividend and spent it all at once, thereby creating the illusion of prosperity and not giving it back to the taxpayers. So he used it to enlarge government and to largely gut national defense. Bill Clinton cut national defense by $125 billion a year during his administration. And that left mm -hmm. us and our intelligence community relatively blind uh, when it came time for terrorists to attack us in 9-11. Bill Clinton had largely closed down the intelligence operations that would have detected that in an earlier era and stopped it. So we've paid a terrible price for people who want to expand the welfare state here, as one of the two major political parties is inclined to do. And we will reap at least a psychological benefit if and when that party goes out of power, as God knows it should for the next 40 years or more until it becomes an American political party again. Uh, the problem is not that uh, President Barack Obama was born in Kenya. I don't know whether he was or not. I don't really care. What I care about is that in his famous speech in Berlin, he declared himself to be a citizen of the world. And the last time I read my Constitution, uh, citizens of the world are not qualified to run for president of the United States. <laughs> he's supposed to be a citizen of the United States. So by his own acknowledgement, he's not a U.S. citizen. He's a world citizen. And his loyalty is to his vision of a future egalitarian world where all wealth is redistributed and we have eternal Keynesian prosperity. Uh, the problem with that, Keynesian prosperity, even if it worked, and we now know from research at the University of Maryland and elsewhere, Keynesian stimulus doesn't really work, as we were told it did, as we dumped $5 trillion worth of it into the economy. Uh, all it's done is create a basis for inflation. Uh, but, but we have set ourselves up for a terrible future, a future in which a whole lot of debt is going to come due and a whole lot of people will not be paying enough in taxes to cover that debt. So we have a, a long and painful deleveraging, as it's called. That would be the best scenario. The worst scenario is that People stop lending to the U.S. government, so without that 42 cents it borrows to uh, to spend every dollar now, and you notice that spending just keeps increasing. It doesn't shrink. Uh, people are suddenly one day in China and elsewhere going to look at us and say, we're not lending you any more money. And on the day that happens, the only way to pay off that $750 trillion in debt is to turn on the printing presses and run them. And when they run the printing presses, which what's called monetizing the debt, uh, that will utterly destroy the value of every dollar people are holding in their savings accounts or in things denominated in paper dollars. 
they'll simply have no more purchasing power. It will be what happened in Germany after World War One in the early Weimar Republic, where you would get paid at noon and you would be paid an entire wheelbarrow load of money and you would rush to the store to buy a loaf of bread because prices were literally rising by the hour. I mean, you could go into a coffee shop and order a cup of coffee for 5,000 marks, and by the time they served it, it would cost 8,000 marks. I mean, it was literally that bad at the peak of the inflation. And we inevitably are going to face an inflation like that as all the money that's been dumped in the economy begins to thaw. So we'll have an inflationary storm no matter what. We also, at the private sector level, forget government for the moment, remember Ayn Rand's book, Atlas Shrugged? Mm -hmm. It was about the productive people in the world going on strike, saying we're just tired of pulling the wagon that everybody else wants to ride in for free. Uh, Well, right now in the economy, there are perhaps $3 trillion being held on the books of private companies and banks because they don't want to spend it. They don't want to spend it until they know who's going to win the election. They don't want to spend it until they know what their tax burden and regulatory burden will be. And if it turns out bad, they're going to move that money overseas. They're going to move it out of the country altogether. In fact, a lot of it's being held outside the country now. And the election of someone like Romney, if he shows a promising start, if Republicans take control of both houses of Congress and so on, uh, then a lot of that money is going to thaw. Companies are going to begin spending that money again. And that will inject a lot of prosperity uh, a lot more hiring in the economy. But I guarantee you, if Obama is reelected, uh, that's all going to go a glimmering. I mean, people are living right now in terrible fear and uncertainty that we have this donkey drag on the economy that's probably pulling our economy down by 25%, just out of fear that a, a one of the two political parties is so hostile to business and the people who have succeeded Uh, that this is no longer a friendly environment. I mean, we already have the highest business taxes in the world in a supposedly capitalist society. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's madness. It's literally madness. But that's what happens when you have politicians, to some degree in both parties, that just want government to be bigger. They want to be able to buy re-election by spending more, and they will not slow down because they see that others have gotten away with it. They see no reason why they can't get away with it forever. But at some point, when you're operating with paper money, you're really operating with faith-based currency. The only reason people accept dollars is because people have the faith to accept dollars. If a day Mm -hmm. comes when they lose that faith, overnight the dollar will be worthless. And it will spiral down very, very fast once that faith breaks. So the only the only thing that's kept it afloat so far is that other countries, like the European socialist states we helped create after World War II, uh, we helped create it because we provided their national defense, meaning they didn't have to spend on weapons so they could use their money to create a welfare state. Uh, and that was fine with us because it guaranteed they'd never be significant military powers again. We are now going down that same drain that we push the European countries down. And uh, it's all very cynical and very odd, and I suppose some people thought this was a way to peace, but where people feel impoverished, then anybody who comes along and says, 
we're restoring gold currency and we're using our prosperity on weapons, the moment a new country like Russia or China does that, uh, they will be the new great world power. And the U.S. has been put in a position where the politicians are afraid to go against that half the population that's on welfare. And it's very, very scary from that, from that point of view. We, in other words, we need politicians with real courage here to stand up and say we're restoring sound money, we're restoring uh, real rewards for people who work hard and achieve things. Uh, wealth is not going to be determined anymore by who's the friend of the ruling politicians. And that will be a huge change from where we stand today. Wow. Anything you'd like to leave us with? With Okay, the way people can protect themselves, of course, is to understand that when you hold a paper dollar, that's like a share of stock in an already bankrupt company. While you can still trade it for something, trade it for something tangible. That can be antiques, that can be survival food, that can be guns and bullets, which have been a tremendous investment in recent years. Uh, or trade it for the biblical standard, the standard our founders built into the Constitution, gold and silver. Any of those things will protect you, but for God's sake, put some of your life savings in a mode that the politicians can't run off a printing press in Washington, D.C., because they're about to, and they're about to destroy the value of paper money here. And only by going into something tangible, like gold or silver, can you protect yourself. We explain all this in the Inflation Deception for a free copy. Just give us a call at 800-630-1494. We'll pay the postage. We'll even pay for the phone call. It won't cost you a penny. 800-630-1494, but only for the first 500 who call now. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time. Well, I really appreciate it. Well, Tim, thank you for having the courage to share this kind of tough information with people. Thank you again. My pleasure. Okay, take care. Again, it's been another production of The Core Business Show. You can download this episode on iTunes or Blog Talk Radio. Everybody have a great day and take care. Thank you for listening to The Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet. For a free quote on equipment leasing and financing, visit our website, applecapitalgroup.com. That's applecapitalgroup.com. And fill out the information to receive your free quote. We hope you'll join us for our next episode. And remember, you can always get to the core via iTunes. You'll find all our previous episodes there. Thanks again for listening to The Core Business Show with Tim Jacquet.